Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily, Apreski. What's next for Gwyneth Paltrow and her brand? She's an Oscar-winning actress with a wellness empire and who, until recently, could really do no wrong. We were kind of messing around and uh, I smelled this beautiful thing and I was like, this smells like my (laughs) And I was kidding, obviously. Um, Now, whether that was introducing us to the idea of conscious uncoupling or indeed vagina candles, Gwyneth Paltrow seemed unstoppable until she was. When you said, what are you doing? Yes. Okay. Like, why did you do that? Yes. And he said, I think you skied into me. Yes. And that's when you were furious and said, you skied directly into my effing back at the top of your lungs. Yes, I did. As the trial of who hit whom continues in the Utah ski crash lawsuit, is the actor's public persona of perfection on a slippery slope. Courtroom, and I think uh, she and her lawyer do her no service when she's playing the part of a prima donna and uh, looking like a sad sack when she's sitting there at the stand. I'm Siobhan McGuire and on today's episode, I'm joined by the Irish Independence Entertainment correspondent, Mel Finn, to hear more about this courtroom drama that has us all talking. Mel, this trial in Utah, it's like something scripted in a Hollywood writer's room. You were wearing goggles, a helmet. Yes. Okay, kind of looked like everybody else on the slope. That's always my intention. Okay. Probably had a better ski outfit, though, I bet. (laughs) I still have the same one. (laughs) She was, it rattled her and it physically hurt her. When they were dismissed, they went down to the bottom of the hill. And who was waiting for her? Her daughter, Apple, now 18, then eight. I think. No, no, no. Eleven. Eleven. Sorry, I got that mixed up. And I'm assuming, and you're under oath here, (laughs) that you're a good tipper. Yes. Okay, fantastic. I wouldn't expect anything less. Please give us the dummy's guide to what this is all about. It's essentially a he said, she said scenario. 
um, they were both on this very, very exclusive slope. Um, you know, Sundance is staged there. It's all like champagne yurts, whatever that is. It sounds very nice. It's like the elite of America. They practically check your bank balance before you letting you on the ski lift to go up. So this is like very premium, very prestige resort. During the incident in question in February 2016, Terry Sanderson, a retired optometrist, he's 76 years of age. So he is suing the Oscar-winning actress for $300,000. At the time of the collision, were you aware of the rule that if you're in a collision, you need to share your name, your contact information with the person that you're involved in a collision with? I don't think I was aware of the rule. Were you aware that there is kind of a rule of common decency to do that? I would not have left the scene without leaving my information, and my information was left. Did you provide that information? No, Eric Christensen, who was the ski instructor with us, said he would leave all the information. Now, it was originally 3.1 million, but the judge would not allow that amount, so it's, it was reduced to $300,000. The essence of the case is that she slammed into him on a green slope, which is essentially like a beginner's slope. But she is countersuing him, saying that, in fact, he skied into her. So as it stands now, it's a he said, she said thing, and the public are loving it. Nobody's really coming out of this good, are they? No one is really covering themselves in glory here at all. Um So when she took to the stand, this is Gwyneth, on Friday, she kind of alleges that she thought there was something really untoward happening at the time. You know, she said, um, during two hours of testimony, she said, I was skiing and two skis came between my skis, forcing my legs apart. And then there was a body pressing against me and a strange grunting noise. You know, my brain was trying to make sense of what happened. And I thought, is this a practical joke? Is someone doing something perverted? This is really, really strange. She was kind of intimating that some kind of assault was happening and she felt violated, which is kind of more serious than anything else that was said about her. I was skiing and two skis came between my skis forcing my legs apart and then there was a body pressing against me and there was a very strange grunting noise so my brain was trying to make sense of what was happening I thought am I is this a practical joke is someone like doing something perverted this is really really strange my mind was going very very quickly and I was trying to ascertain what was happening so she's really playing it for all the drama that it's it's worth. You know, her Oscar-winning credentials are coming out in full force. And, um, you know, people who are into fashion and her style are loving the fact that she's turning up in $1,600 Celine boots and, you know, her cashmere, all, of course, from her own range. You know, she's she's probably not dressed in less than $5,000 a day. Um, so some, some cynics are saying that she is using this as a way to showcase herself, showcase her range. She's bringing in her branded bottles. There was reports that her attorney was trying to give presents, essentially goodie bags to the bailiffs in the court to say thank you for doing their job. And the judge was like, no, that's like so inappropriate in so many levels. Don't do that. Yeah. And on Monday, we had Sanderson take the stand and give his version of what happened. He is saying that he was actually hit by uh, Gwyneth. He was quoted as saying he heard this blood curdling scream. And then he's hit. I just remember 
everything was great, and then I heard something I've never heard at a ski resort, and that was a blood-curdling scream. Just, I can't do it. It was, and then, boom. And it was like somebody was out of control and going to hit a tree and was going to die. And that's what I had until I was hit. It was just all very strange, very over the top, um, very American, may I say, uh, you know, played for the full drama. So what he is saying is that she, in fact, slammed into him and um, she pushed him forward. Um, and it wasn't what she was saying that he went into her. Basically, she went into him. And so we'd mock ups and everything going on about shadowy figures, and ski suits with goggles, etc., I mean, Lord knows what's going on. We've heard about this GoPro video footage that has gone missing, that apparently this was emailed out by Sanderson to his family with the tagline, I'm famous. Do you recall saying uh, that you agreed that saying I'm famous was a crazy thing to say? Agree? Absolutely, it's not me. Don't buy into that. But it was you, right? Just to be clear. When you say it wasn't me, it it was in fact you. It's the other personality that's inhabiting my body right now. And you blame Gwyneth Paltrow for that. Yes. Um, and after you were screaming to him, isn't that when Mr. Sanderson said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry? He said, I said, you skied directly into my effing back. And he said, oh, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Right. And that was... You screaming at him while he's on the ground still, right? I was yelling at him. Well, I was pretty upset. Yeah, it's kind of reminding me a little bit of, um, do you remember the phone that went missing in the North Sea during the Colleen Rooney trial? It's a little bit of that. It's like, did it actually exist? What happened? Um, you know, but basically his, Sanderson's lawyers are saying that the actress was skiing recklessly at the time. She was distracted by her son, Moses, who was nine at the time. He was further up the slope. So essentially she wasn't looking where she was going. And a witness says she slammed him very hard. She hit him directly in the back. The tips of his skis go down and he goes face down, spread eagled with Gwyneth on top of him. And it's supposed to finish up later yeah. this week, Mel. You have um, <laughs> Gwyneth's kids and her husband, Brad Falchuk, also taking the stand. But anything we've heard from Gwyneth hasn't really served her terribly well. And he has deterred you from enjoying the rest of what was a very expensive vacation. Well, I lost half a day of skiing. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. This is how the other half live. Like, what, what effect did this incident have on you? Well, you know, she missed a day skiing, you poor thing. Um, she's just not coming across as very relatable. Um, but my question is, was she ever? When was she relatable ever? You know, she is the original Nepo baby. She's the um, offspring of uh, two very famous um, actors. She is essentially Hollywood royalty. Um, so I wouldn't really expect her to come out with anything resembling a normal testimony at this stage. But she is uh, adamant, you know, that um, this this was a, a, a very traumatising um, event to happen 
at the time. We now know that she spent something in the region of $8,800 on a family day ski pass and tuition. Now, that's something I could never even get my head around. That just shows how unrelatable the whole incident is being played out. Um, And it is, it's kind of illuminating how the other half live on these, you know, ski slopes. They're just far above the rest of us in all kinds of uh, ways. This isn't the first time, as you mentioned, that Gwyneth Paltrow has been at the heart of some controversies. We know that she runs Goop, this Mm -hmm. lifestyle empire now. um, And she has a podcast where she talks about her, her well-being and her various cleanses week in, week out. And then last week, there was huge backlash because we've gone from seeing Gwyneth on the stand to seeing her in front of her podcast mic talking about eating bone broth and, you know, intermittent fasting. And people simply cannot relate at all. I have coffee, but I really like soup for lunch. Um, I have bone broth for lunch a lot of the days. For dinner, I try to eat, you know, according to paleo. So lots of vegetables. It's really important for me to support my detox. But she also does an hour of movement every day and does dry brushing, whatever that is. Spends 30 minutes in her infrared sauna. And then she eats according to paleo, so lots of vegetables. It's really important for her to support her detox. And then she said she also had a long COVID. So, of course, you know, the predictable backlash was sparked um, by all this. People calling her like an almond, almond milk mom, saying she's just completely on another planet. And then, of course, she's backtracked furiously and said, oh, no, 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 it's, this isn't every day. Like, I do eat what I want sometimes. And, um, you know, I do have dinners, but it's just the healthiest way that she can be. This is fine. There's nothing wrong with any one of us talking on a podcast about mm-hmm you know, what we might like to eat in any given day. Um, Not that I think people would be hanging on to my every word if I was to tell them something like that. But what is kind of slightly dubious about this is that um, Gwyneth has a huge following. She has an awful lot of American mums signing up to Goop, buying the products, believing what they're being told. Uh, so the likes of being told to be on this very restrictive diet by um, Gwyneth's doctor, who isn't actually a medical doctor, as yeah. it turns out, that's all slightly dangerous, Mel. It is, absolutely. I mean, she appeals to, you know, the kind of 1%, the kind of waspy moms, um, the upper echelon of of American society. And they'll happily spend $500 on a candle that might smell like, um, you know. This is the vagina candle. Let's just say it, Mel, and call it out because (laughs) she has, uh, she brought this candle out called This Smells Like My Vagina. (laughs) And she has another candle with this, this smells like my, like an orgasm. Totally normal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Say what you like about her. It got, that, that vagina candle got more plugged publicity hmm. than than any other product at the time because everyone was fascinated and going, what the hell is this? Now, as it turns out, she did speak with Seth Myers, mm-hmm. and it does sound like a very nice smelling candle mm. with just the, a, a wrong name. So then it actually became kind of a funny thing where it was A, really funny to us, yeah, um, but also a little bit punk rock. And, you know, I mean, I think women 
uh, a lot of us have grown up feeling certain degrees of shame around our body or whatever. So this is just a little bit of a, you know, subversive candle for all of us out there. And I have to uh, uh, tip my cap to the marketing of it because I will say in my entire life, uh, I've never heard more people say, have you heard about this candle? <laughs> There's a new candle. Have you heard? <laughs> the publicity you can pay for this um so yeah this wellness and lifestyle brand that she launched in 2008 goop um you know it's grown exponentially you know it's now multi-million dollar business with a website magazine pop-up shops and it offers content on you know beauty food fashion travel and it sells a range of products including sex toys and of course the aforementioned candle for 75 dollars um, but it does have a controversial history group goop because it's been criticized for promoting potentially dangerous practices like detoxes and vaginal steaming and um, a range of female health doctors have come out and said this is not good you know um, your innards will clean themselves naturally you don't need to be detoxing or steaming or putting anything inside yourself that um, isn't medically approved you know you don't need to do anything it cleans itself Um but she's definitely <laughs> Thank cashed. you for clarifying that, <laughs> Melanie. <laughs> if you, but if you're following her, people will actually believe they need to do this stuff. This you know? is the problem, Mel. Which is with, so dangerous. Advising people on products uh, that are making outrageous claims. Yeah. None of these claims are, are fact. and But a lot of people will buy into it thinking, well, if, if I can... You know, Gwyneth Paltrow is a beautiful looking woman. She she looks after herself. What I'm trying to say, Mel, is that Goop has an awful lot of products, an awful lot of advice, but a lot of stuff is unsubstantiated. And that's the, the problem. Oh, it's complete snake oil. You know, none of this has been proven, but no one cares. They love it. She has hit on something. She has she has tapped into a market that was previously ignored. Um, you would never imagine selling a candle that alleged to smell like someone's vagina, you know, and actually making a decent business out of that. It would be dismissed as pure woohoo. And a lot of this is, but when you have, like you say, an Oscar-winning actress who looks like her, who's who's the offspring of Hollywood royalty. It comes with her royal stamp of approval. And a lot of women's needs here too are kind of ignored. So they don't care whether it works or not. It makes them feel good. It makes them feel like it's self-care, like they're looking after themselves. They're like, yeah, hell, I'm going to spend $200 on a jade egg um, to, you know, improve my orgasm or, you know, uh, correct hormonal imbalances. Um, you know, of course it's not going to do that. It's not going to do any of those things. But, uh, you know, the woman buying that, or the man indeed, um, isn't going to know that or isn't going to care. Um, it's about investing in an idea, in a dream, you know, and she is the the Hollywood dream, essentially. So anything she sells, people are going to be buying. She's a captive audience. Parking goop for one second. I mean, she's given us some incredible phrases over the decades. We had um, um, conscious uncoupling yeah. when she was divorcing um, Coldplay frontman Chris Martin. As Paltrow told me just a few months ago. It's not easy to be married for 10 years. Apparently 10 years was enough. The couple said in their Splitsville statement, while we love each other very much, we will remain separate. We are, however, and always will be a family. She split from Chris in, in 2014, I think, um, and that was after 10 years of marriage. Um, and she did say about 
you know, we've decided to consciously uncouple, you know, instead of just saying, we're divorcing, and everyone's like, what, what does that even mean? It makes, you know, it sounds like two worms decided to part ways or something. Um, and then afterwards, she said, again, she moved to clarify what she meant. She said she knows it sounded a bit full of itself, painfully progressive and hard to swallow, um, which, of course, sparked more jokes. Um, and she said that the term is introduced to her by the couple's therapist and as a way to describe an amicable separation and to avoid um, bitterness. And, um, you know, she said afterwards in 2020 in, in British Vogue, the public surprise quickly gave way to ire and derision. Um, and she said the intensity of the response made her bury her head in the sand deeper than she ever had in her public life. So all of this kind of mm. is one of the reasons why we are fascinated by this trial in in Utah, is uh, and and as we mentioned earlier, Gwyneth isn't coming out looking very well. She isn't looking very well in any of this so far. Um, is she likely to have caused any kind of reputational damage? Do you think? It's hard to know at this stage. I mean, I don't really think so, to be honest, because it's not like Jen Johnny Depp, for example, who was, you know, relying on his movie career and it was basically left in tatters for years as a result of this. He lost huge, huge deals with Disney um, while the controversies were ongoing with, with Amber Heard. Unlike, unlike him... Goop is her main source of business. I mean, people may poke fun at her and be a bit woo-woo, et cetera. Um, but unless someone can actually prove she's hugely lying about what happened, you know, and so far that hasn't happened. It's basically a he said, she said thing. Now, she doesn't come across as very likable um, because she admitted that the incident happened and she admitted she started cursing. It was like, what the F, you F and hit me, you F and la, la, la. I get the impression, Siobhan, if it wasn't someone really rich and famous um, and she'd just been a bit nicer about it. Jesus, sorry. You know, like an Irish person, be, oh, Jesus. you'd be apologising even if it was your fault. You'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry about that. Um, I didn't see you there or I was going too fast or yeah, I was distracted by my kid. You feel like if this had happened anywhere but in America in this really elite ski resort, it could have been very quickly sorted expedited the whole thing by going, oh, Jesus, sorry about that. Give me your details. If you have any medical bills, I'll sort that for you. Like, this should never have gone to court. You know, it's it's like one of those nuisance things. Um, you know, we're very glad it did, though, because look at us, we're talking about it this morning, so. And a huge thanks to the Irish Independence Entertainment correspondent, Mel Finn, for joining me today. I'm Siobhan McGuire, and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by myself, researched by Sorsha Mulgrew, with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from Sky News, Washington Post, CNN, NBC, BBC, ABC News, Reuters, and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.